Welcome to Space Castle, your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. I am Seth. I'm DT. Oh man, is Alex still on paternity leave? His baby has not yet gone to college, so yes. Well, crap, man. Okay, I guess fill the emptiness with, uh, I don't know, alcohol? What do, you, what do people fill emptiness with? Uh, that's what I usually do every night. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking like a lot about zombies lately. Okay. Which I know is 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 very 2008, but what uh, it's do? also it's also kind of very 2020. <laughs> yeah. I have two questions for you. Mhm. First, what actually would you do if a zombie apocalypse like broke out like right now? Like you you get an an amber alert at style warning on your phone right now that's like, "Hey, this is the the government. Uh bad news everyone." Bad news everyone. What 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 actually would you do? And then I'll get to the second question later because I think it's that is also an interesting one. I'll, I'll ask you in a bit. Okay. Uh, so I moved to Colorado uh, a little less than a year ago. If I was still in Arizona, I know exactly what I would do. Uh, I would haul ass to – I would grab my family first of all. Mm-hmm. And I would haul ass to my friend uh, Nick's house, my oldest friend, because I've known him since like the third grade. Uh, because he has a fairly sizable legal gun collection. Probably useful. And uh, I think we would just hole up together and probably just, uh, you know, hang out and drink a bunch of beer and like watch old movies and shoot a bunch of zombies and just ride the whole thing out. Uh, and I think he and I and his family and my family probably like find some sort of mode of transportation and just go and find like a dope cabin or something someplace where we can just wait it all out. You know, like, you know, like head to the Winchester, have a pint, wait for this whole thing to blow over type situation. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I'm I'm in Colorado now, so I think the next best thing would be my cousins, uh, Alex's uh, parents. Uh, both of them are trained and licensed to use firearms, so I feel like they would be the safest and most reliable um, cohorts with which to, uh, to like team up with here in Colorado to survive. And I think the three of us and whatever friends or family we wanted to pick up along the way, we'd probably try and meet somewhere in the middle and hook up with Alex and his family and my family and probably then go find like a dope cabin somewhere and chill. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be that would be the ideal plan. Um, but, you know, as these things normally do, that whole plan would probably just go to shit. But we're talking in like an idyllic scenario for a zombie apocalypse. So, Yeah. Best best case scenario for the worst case scenario. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That I mean, honestly, that sounds like you could probably squeeze like eight or nine season out out of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it worked for uh, for Robert Kirkman. So why not? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a very different answer to this question because I live like fifteen hundred miles from uh, basically anybody else that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, going to get the family is not really like an option for me. <laughs> that being said, I do live in the Pacific Northwest. 
Okay, so you would just go to Canada because they have universal health care. And they would just they would they would have the zombie apocalypse all sorted out. Like there would be no zombies in Canada. <laughs> Yo, secretly, I kind of think that like the last year and a half or so, Canada has kind of felt like America's been having a zombie apocalypse, and they're just kind of like, Ugh, look at what everybody just like chill, okay? So maybe maybe we go up to Canada and everything's fine. And they just have handled it. Maybe. Um, in all reality, there's almost a 0% chance that I could get into Canada during a zombie apocalypse. No, I mean, if there's uh, mass chaos and shit going on, I mean, there's got to be someplace. I'm not recommending anybody try this, but there's got to be some sort of like wilderness border location you could that's potentially true. sneak into if the army's like all busy fighting zombies. That's true. <laughs> I So I don't think I would go to Canada because... You know, I would just I I would be trying to go to like Vancouver or something, which is just another city like Seattle. Like I I would try to avoid those. I think. Yeah. What I would probably do is first I would try to go to a Costco. I have when I lived in Arizona, I had long held the idea that holing up in a Costco is the single best place to be. Groceries, clothes, supplies, armed rednecks, all the things that you need. It's a giant warehouse. Plus, uh, the zombies don't have membership, so they can't get in anyways. Holy shit, that's fucking brilliant. You're right. Costco has beer, right? Yeah. And yeah. like wine and, and whiskey. I mean, all, all, like all the things. Yeah, I'm going to change my answer. I like I like Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Costco is a good place. It's got like, it's, it's just a warehouse that's like completely bricked in, except like the roll up front doors. So it's really easy to barricade. Like it's a good place yeah. to be. But- it's a fucking Costco, so like 10,000 people are going to try to do the same thing. True. But there's enough supplies in there to sustain 10,000 people for five or six years. Maybe it, it'll just be Costco islands of cities where like those are the new cities that, that spring up or just <laughs> Costco Pacific Northwest and then Costco San Diego and Costco, I don't know, St. Louis. Uh, in, in reality, I would probably just go off in the woods. Like part of it's not even a zombie apocalypse and I already want to go off into the woods and live alone and never see anybody. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so it, it, I would probably do that because I kind of already want to anyways and, and not having to deal with people, uh, you know, both human and zombie might be the best solution. I don't have a cabin yet that I could go to. I'm, there's going to be plenty available. The real estate market would explode in a zombie apocalypse. You would just, yeah. There's going to be quite a few available. <laughs> and I won't, I've, oh my gosh. And there's so many like super remote cabins up here that like overlook rivers and are like up in the mountains. It would be wonderful actually. Um, really easy to fish. You could, yeah, it, it, like that would probably be a pretty solid way to go. So now we're starting to look at the zombie apocalypse as like something that might actually be pretty cool. Yeah, which is a dangerous <laughs> thought. And I remember having it a decade ago where I was like, actually, that might not be so bad. It would be terrible. I know a lot of people that would just like, oh, zombies are out. Like, I'm out. Yeah. So yeah. they just like run into the horde. I am not one of those people. Maybe it's a survival instinct. Maybe I just like, you only get the one crazy wild life. And I, I wouldn't want to just like waste that because things got terrible. You know? Yeah. I don't know. No, I hear you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would be somebody who would just give up either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because being a zombie sounds honestly just way, way worse than trying to survive. Like, yeah, I mean. Being a zombie would be 
terrible. Like, let alone there's the, the fungus that, uh, you know, takes over bugs and makes them more or less zombies, ants and, and some beetles and stuff. Apparently, those ants and beetles still retain some cognitive, like, functionality while they're being uh. controlled by this fungus. And if real, if human zombies or anything like that, like, I wouldn't, 0%, like, I do not want to be semi-alive while this thing is happening. Yeah, you'd be trapped in that fucking awful existence. Like, Yeah. It would be like rabies. Yeah. Which is by far the worst way to die, by the way. Because we're getting into, like, The Last of Us, like, grounds here with, like, the spores Ooh. and the, the fungal infection and yeah. question about the morality of whether or not the zombies are still kind of there or if they're, like, fully just dead and animated. Like, ugh. Yeah. This is a, this is a really yeah. fucking optimistic and bright and cheerful episode we've got going here. <laughs> Look, when Alex isn't here to cheer us all up, like this right. is what happens. <laughs> he really is the moral and like like enthusiastic compass of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just want to talk about books and stuff. And we're like, hey, what if we all died actually? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dying, I mean, okay, two scenarios. One scenario, you've got fast zombies, like twenty eight days and weeks later, and then like World War Z, yeah. Or slow lumbering zombies like your classic John, like George Romero or like Shaun of the Dead. Given us two scenarios, what would be your weapon of choice to try and fend them off and why? Uh, it's funny you ask. That was actually going to be my second question for you is, is <laughs> this exact one. So, yeah, we're, we're friends, obviously. Um, okay, given those two scenarios, first we can establish that slow zombies are obviously the better option. They're much more preferable, yeah. Fast zombies are are by far the worst possible outcome here that being said slow zombies i would use an indefinite kind of weapon something like a sword a set of axes or things like that not necessarily super close like i wouldn't want like a fucking pen knife or something right but yeah having firearms is useful but attracts the horde um and is finite like i it would be very difficult. I probably could because I, I, I do know the recipe and the methodology and stuff. I probably could make more gunpowder, smokeless powder, but it would be a huge pain in the fucking ass. Um, so I would want something like, you know, a sword or an axe that I could use much, much longer and or um, indefinitely. Um, yeah. Fast zombies, that scenario is just a, like, that's just a stopwatch scenario. Like, guns all the ways because you're just trying to prolong how long you live. Like, <laughs> fast zombies will get you. There's, yes, that's going to happen. You're just trying to push that timer out as far as you can. Hit the snooze button as many times as you can. So, guns for fast zombies, like, as much as possible. And something indefinite for slow zombies okay yeah uh i agree with the fact that fast zombies because you said before like the sound of a gun is going to attract the zombies so if mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you have to use a gun anyway like you're, you're pretty much just like last stand type shit like <laughs> yeah <laughs> switch to guns hope for the best yeah because they're all super fast and they're gonna swarm uh yeah slow moving zombies i don't want to get too close because the slow moving zombies are the ones that get you by swarming you and like just overpowering you in slow lumbering numbers yeah uh, I'm thinking like a machete or like a pole arm of some sort that you can kind of yeah. keep your distance in one hit kill so you're not wasting too much time letting them get around you and surround you, but also not wasting a resource of something because they're slow. You can, chances are, yeah. even I could outrun them. Whereas fast zombies, um, if there's no guns available, um, uh, <laughs> 
my my sick martial arts skills. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, man. Fast zombies. If there's no firearms, you're kind of fucked. Because like, yeah. even because they are. It takes too much time to kill a zombie with a melee weapon of some sort. Yeah, when they're all fast and coming at you all at once, like you're you're pretty much just. After. If they're if they're charging at you and you get one, like that perfect hit and smash their skull in, like you still have a fast moving pile of flesh that's gonna like barrel <laughs> into you just out of momentum alone. Like uh, dibs on a fast moving pile of flesh is the name of my death metal band. Hell yeah, dude! Get those uh, <laughs> those blast beats and shit. I'm in. Yeah, I listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, drink some sick beer that we've stockpiled from True Brewing while we're killing zombies. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Fast moving zombies, my strategy is definitely like a couple of tall walls and moats and pray for the best. Yeah, I'm thinking if fast zombies, what you probably want to do is just put some distance, like as far away as possible as you can. Because once the military starts bombing and trying to clear out the hordes, you don't want to be in there trying to get away. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about like friendly fire situations. It would be terrible, man. That's all there is to it. It would not be fun. It would not be good. If it's not like a, you know, irradiative, if it's, if it's not fallout sort of apocalypse situation, I feel pretty confident that I could survive indefinitely. But if it's like a, you know, nuclear winter or an asteroid impact or some other kind of apocalypse like that, I'd be fucked. If it like if it is a zombies because if it's like The Last of Us, airborne spores and it makes it really, really hard to like farm or the air becomes toxic period like yeah what what are you even gonna do like it's like a force of nature that you can't outrun like it's eventually going right. to overtake everything yeah if it's the happening god forbid <laughs> uh god the worst absolute way to go would be dying in an m9 Shyamalan movie like fuck that i would honestly just be disappointed <laughs> just so disappointed uh it would come up to the point where i'm about to die and I'd be like god this is just the worst fucking twist ever just take me <laughs> Fuck you, Marky Mark and Bruce Willis. Like, you're no help at all. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you're right. That would be terrible. I Has M. Night Shyamalan done a zombie thing? Does uh does Avatar count? Does what count? What's Avatar? Because that? Oh. That, was, that was pretty fucking mindless. What the? Uh... Uh, that's right. You've wiped that completely from your memory. I, I don't want to bring back those those repressed memories for you. Yeah, that one was bad. Although, I, I, another beloved franchise that was worse was Dragon Ball. And I never thought that I would say that there was a worse film than that than the avatar one but the dragon ball movie was equally heartbreaking and i like those two were like the two death blows like i i I lost all hope for for good adaptations has there ever been because i i'm people are gonna argue and leave a comment down below because it's a podcast and there are no comments actually there are because we're on youtube now i'm gonna count avatar as anime adjacent let's say because people say it wasn't made in japan it's not anime fine whatever i think it's full anime okay all right that's a good debate so yeah uh if anybody wants to chime in and and let us know if avatar is is legitimately anime or not but has there ever been we're getting off topic back we're gonna we'll get back to the the topic eventually but has there ever been a live action adaptation of an anime that was actually good um because they've been trying to do akira for like 30 years and it just it it refuses to take because wasn't taika waititi or somebody attached to the project was going to try and do it i think it's fallen through but like yeah i think briefly like most recently, they had uh, Ghost in a Shell with Scarlett Johansson, and that was not good at all. Uh, they had Dragon Ball, which was just fucking abysmal. A, a travesty. But you you see like properties come through. Like they did like a live action Attack on Titan movie, which was 
to the best of my knowledge, I think it was like very lukewarm in reception. Like it wasn't yeah anything to write home about. It's it's the same reason you can't make video game a- adaptations because anime physics aren't real physics. Yeah, it shit doesn't make sense in live action. Like conceptually, even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say Ghost in the Shell was close. The plot was weird and like weird adaptation, but. As with everything Weta Workshop does, the work that went into the world building and the costumes and, and all of that was absolutely perfect. Absol- mm-hmm. It was so good. And the the story just fell apart. It's just, it's the same as uh, the prequels. The prequel trilogy had so like excellent acting and characters and stuff, but the writing was so bad that it didn't work. Um, I'm going to question the acting. We're talking about the Star Wars prequels, right? Yeah, this is a debate that we, you and I, have had several times, and we will probably have as an episode. Yeah, I, like one of the well, honestly, one of the keystones of our friendship is debating Star Wars, which is fine, and it's great, and it's wonderful. What's so cool about it is we both love Star Wars equally deeply, but have opposite views on the films. <laughs> yeah, uh, as far as acting in the prequels, though, just to just to jump on that left side just for a moment, like Ewan McGregor is fantastic. Natalie Portman is almost a non-entity as Padme. Sorry to say. And, like, Liam Neeson was phenomenal as Qui-Gon Jinn. Other than that, like, both Anakins were terrible and not believable. Sam Jackson was just kind of there. Like, oh, and Ian McDiarmid was fucking amazing as Palpatine, but he's just insane. He's great. He, yeah, he is Palpatine, like, for yeah. sure. Just like <laughs> Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan. Like, there is no other. Well, Alec Guinness, but yeah. Uh, Alec Guinness is my Obi-Wan. That... I think that's just a sign of times because Alec Guinness not only did not want to fucking make that movie, but he also phoned it in so hard that like, eh. But Alec Guinness phoning it in is still like better than like 90% of actors giving it their <laughs> <Yes>. all. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. But Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor's in that 10%. He's perfect Obi-Wan. I like, yeah. Yeah. He's a hundred percent my Obi for sure. What a workshop does excellent work. The writing on Ghost in the Shell was not so great. Scarlett Johansson is like a really good actress and I really like her as an actress. I don't think she made sense as a major. Yeah. But it was fine. Um I like it's it's a film that I would probably watch again. I wouldn't. I was bored to tears. For me it just it wasn't good, but it wasn't like that bad. Like there's no way I would watch Avatar again or Dragon Ball, but I would probably watch Ghost in the Shell again. Like it wasn't that bad. Alright, um, fair enough. And it's it's the closest I think we'll get. I think Ghost in the Shell is like in the top five live action anime movies. That's such a low bar though. Yeah. The bar is so low. There are no good ones. My hope is that the Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation from Netflix takes off and does really well because the ca- the cast is fucking great. But I think it's almost better. It's one it's because it's 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 such a quintessential iconic and almost like gateway anime for most people. And it, so many people hold it dear that I think it's going to be really difficult to convince people to even watch it. And it's going to have to be really fucking good to keep people interested and not have them turn on it. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So the zombie apocalypse happens and it's been going on for a year now and they create a vaccine for, to prevent zombieism. How many fucking people out there are vaccine deniers and don't believe there's still a zombie apocalypse? And how many people refuse to take that fucking vaccine? <laughs> there's so many fucking people. There's going to be zombie rights activists. There's going to be, like... Uh, uh, yeah, you're probably which right. Which is a debate worth having. Like, it, I would love to know if 
if those people are still cognitively there because that that would probably be a, a zombie right i would probably be a zombie rights activist if it was like there's still people in there yeah if there's a way of reversing it then yeah i don't want to use a draconian method of just killing the zombies yeah if there's still a person in there yeah for sure but 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 initially like when the swarm is happening and it's a fight for survival uh, yeah yeah, I don't want it to be the permanent solution. I want to get to a point where we can study the zombies and find out what the situation is. If it's, I don't know if it's reversible because once you're a zombie and you've been like decaying, you're pretty fucked up. I don't know if I'd want to go back to being a normal person. I mean, look, if medicine advances advances to the point where we can fully synthesize things, where we can just rebuild skin or rebuild our organs or whatever, yeah, sure. Because then what is death anyways? Sure. The decaying brings me to another point. As time goes on, your weapon choice can get a lot easier to maintain because it's hard to keep a, sh- a sword sharp. Mm-hmm. But as zombies' skulls begin to decay, you can switch to something like a bamboo staff and just start smashing brains in. And then you don't have to worry about like ha- needing something super sharp or whatever because you just you know, whack them all a whole bunch and grow a new bamboo stuff. Like, it'd be so easy to survive as time goes on. So you're saying China would have the upper hand in a zombie apocalypse after time because they've got a ready supply of hardwoods they can use as weapons, yeah. <laughs> that, maybe, but I think China would have a hard time because their population density is so fucking Ooh, high. <laughs> God, that and, yeah, and sadly, India too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which we're kind of seeing literally right now with the COVID, which is just extremely horrible. unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's an that's an actual downer note. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything we can land on that's less of a downer note before we transition into uh, our? Uh, yeah. We've got a message. We've got a message from Earth. We need to get to. But oh, I don't want to end incoming. on that note. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just think of once you get you know two years go by. You found yourself a cabin in the woods with your family overlooking a river, and you're just fucking. It's just peaceful. It's quiet. Doing some fishing. Plowing your field. Like just. Listen to the birds. It sounds so wonderful. Yeah. Listen to your radio so you know when it's time to go back to your house and get back on Facebook and be a different kind of zombie. Hey, oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a transmission from Earth. Let's, uh, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's take a look at that and see what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. Give me this transmission from Earth. All right, so this week's message comes from Wick Candle Company. Uh, It's a a candle company based in Seattle, Washington, and uh, they're in the Kickstarter phase right now trying to work up enough funding to actually launch the company. I'm a dude. You're a dude. We're all dudes, hey. We both still really like candles. I have a very sensitive nose, and I love having my apartment smell nice. I'm a big, huge fan of that. Yeah. So what they're doing at Wick Candle Company is they're creating all-natural candles. They're uh, paraffin-free. They are, uh, I can never say this word, flaflight free. <laughs> you nailed it, man. You got it once. Fethal- it's phthalate free. They're phthalate free. <laughs> uh, there's no carcinogens. There's no petroleum. It's all natural scented oils. And they even use cotton wicks. So there's no lead involved. So the candles are 100% safe for your home, 100% safe for you, your children, and your pets. And aside from you know fire being dangerous, the candles are perfectly safe and wonderful. And they smell fantastic. But what's really dope, what's really cool is the fact that the larger versions come in cement containers, which are designed after the candle has already been finished and is burned down to be flipped and used as a planter for growing whatever you want to grow. And you can keep it forever because it's made of cement. 
The design is super sleek. It's unilateral. It applies to, to all tastes and all genders and, and all walks of life. I think it's super dope because I love industrial looking things and it's very slimline, very beautifully designed, and it's made of concrete. So it's timeless. You can even paint it if you want to. But yeah, it's uh, it's Wick Candle Company. And uh, they're on Kickstarter. Very easy to search for them. They are blowing through their goal right now. Like, So what you want to do is you want to get a Kickstarter right away because you want to lock in that pre-launch price and just get yourself in the ground level of something that's going to be really cool and something that I think is honestly pretty revolutionary and pretty fucking dope. And as they go through their, their business, what they're going to be doing is limited runs of thematic candles. The first theme is going to be goddesses. Apparently, the owner, her first fandom, the first thing she really got into was goddesses. So thematically, the candles are going to be based around scents and visual art, uh, like on the actual container that represents like Persephone or Freya, the Norse goddess, or uh, Bastet, the Egyptian goddess, and Artemis. Once they get through that as a Kickstarter like launch, they're going to go through uh, you know various different fandoms like sci-fi fantasy dungeons and dragons would be like a killer fucking theme but yeah it's uh it's nerdy it's perfectly safe make sure your house smell wonderful and then once you're done with the candle you actually get to bring life into the world and grow a wonderful plant that'll oxygenate your home and, and brighten your life forever and uh you know what while we're on the topic of uh of, of discovering new and wonderful things why don't we do a little deep space exploration Ooh, yeah what a, what a- what are we finding deep down in the ether? In my yeah, in my my travels, in my uh, my exploration, what I've discovered is a podcast that I've really fallen in love with. Um, if it's not obvious, I like podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this particular one is called uh, "No One Can Know About This," and it's two hilarious gentlemen who have been spending the last few years playing through every single Final Fantasy game. And I know the concept sounds a little bit weird because a lot of people had a hard time like adjusting to Twitch and like watching people play video games and taking it even a step further where you're just listening to somebody play video games. It sounds really odd and like probably not engaging, but it actually really is because the two guys are fucking hilarious. And you can tell that one of the guys has, has somewhat played through the games maybe when he was a kid and the other guy has not at all. So the recollection of some of like the more ridiculous aspects of the Final Fantasy games that they play through is hilarious for the guy who remembers it. And the wild and horrific revelations of a guy who's never <laughs> played the games before is equally as funny. But the two very, very witty guys, uh, they're currently working on a season now where they're playing through Final Fantasy VIII, which if you're familiar, is just fucking ridiculous in terms of gameplay and story. And it's it's honestly, it's it's a blast. They're super engaging and because I played the game as a kid, and I honestly hated Final Fantasy VIII, they are kind of hating it too. And it's like a—it's <laughs> almost like like the camaraderie of re-experiencing that terrible game along with somebody who's also experiencing it for the first time. It's just—it's—it makes for a, a hilarious podcast. It's really funny. You can listen to resentment form in real time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's called No One Can Know About This. Um, it's available pretty much everywhere, same as us. Uh, the two guys are hilarious. I would recommend following them on Twitter. Um, I don't know if they have a presence on YouTube, but that might be worth looking into as well. But very funny guys, very, very engaging and hilarious podcast. And it's just full of nostalgia. And uh, they have yeah. a really cute puppy who appears in their social media. And uh, she kind of makes guest appearances too by accident on the podcast every once in a while. Very funny <laughs> stuff. Very charming. Yeah. I, I highly recommend hopping into it. I, I was a little bit late to the to the no cat game um because I had avoided it for a while after after you and, and a couple of my other friends had 
told me to start listening to it because I I played a couple of Final Fantasy games and didn't really like any of them. Uh, so I, I was kind of like, I don't really want to listen to a podcast about Final Fantasy because I don't really like Final Fantasy. Um, Final Fantasy 7 notwithstanding. Yeah. Or 6. Yeah. Eh. Say, well, no, 6 is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Come on. 9, 2 while we're on the subject. Final Fantasy games, I I respect them and I know that they're good games, but I do not like them. Maybe we'll debate about this some other time because this, un- <laughs> unlike a lot of the things we talk about, uh, is a debate we have never had. DT, that's true. You and I have never really debated Final Fantasy. Yeah, um, I think our friendship will survive it. Probably, if it can survive our Star Wars uh, uh, disagreements, it, we're we're golden on everything we'll else. Be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you like Firefly, so like that's it. That that's the two points. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, and whiskey, so we're good. I haven't. I took a while to get into No Cat because I didn't like Final Fantasy, but after I did, like, I still thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's still a very good and funny podcast, even if you don't, if like, if you actively don't like Final Fantasy, it's still good. So yeah, even if you're not really into the gaming, just their reactions mm-hmm. to the storylines and the gameplay in each of the games is again, it's so funny and engaging because they're both they're both very hilarious guys. So yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Now that we've talked about zombies, let's switch over to ghosts because I have a listener question for you. This is from Saxon. Thank you, Saxon. Yes, thank you. They they ask, so you're a Ghostbuster. Mm-hmm. You're busting ghosts. You make it to the top floor. On the rooftop, you're greeted by Ghost or the Gozarian. What form would your mind immediately choose that Gozer will then destroy you with? Oh, fuck. That's an excellent question. It's one singular form, right? My mind immediately, 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 immediately goes to Goku. Of all the shit that I would not want to have to deal with, Goku is the worst. I love, and this is, he's not bad. Goku's just bad for me. He would, it would be a bad fight for me and I would not like it at all. So whenever someone's like, oh, a fictional character arrives and they're going to destroy the planet. It's always Goku. (laughs) <laughs> Goku is always where my mind goes because maybe he's the most powerful being. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Goku's where my mind goes, and Gozer would summon Goku, and it would destroy uh, probably all of Earth. But I mean, that's it's fine. We had it coming. Ernie from Sesame Street. No, why? <laughs> <laughs> because he's it's it's like Ray stands in Ghostbusters, where it's like the one thing you love from your childhood that you don't think could possibly hurt you. But a giant (laughs) 60-foot Ernie from Sesame Street just, hey, Bert. (laughs) That's, Uh, are you okay? That's terrifying, man. It's a dark episode. (laughs) (laughs) What the Hey, Bert. (laughs) Like, he's he's like wrecking fucking buildings. He's like fucking laughing. Like, (laughs) and like, dude, what? We had like a two-second pause. After I said Goku, where I was trying to, I ran through a handful of things. What what might DT say in this situation here? What's, what's going to happen? And then you broke that two second pause. And I, <laughs> it, if that pause was 10,000 years long, I never would have guessed fucking Ernie. What? That's absolutely the worst. You win again. Giant fucking terry cloth made thing with his striped sweater. Oh. Just, 
And he'd have the rubber ducky, which would be like fucking supersonic every time he squeezed it. It would shatter windows. And yeah, no, dude, imagine, imagine Ernie walking through New York City, just wrecking fucking buildings and singing, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make death so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It does Ernie have an accompaningly giant hand? Controlling him? Oh, oh, no, oh, God, no, oh. That would be even more terrifying, would be like a puppeteer, like a giant fucking puppeteer, which would have to be like a Titan from Attack on Titan, controlling a giant fucking Ernie. No, it's, no, I can't go, I can't go any deeper. God, that's way, that's, I hate no. this. Thank you, Saxon. I, I thought that this might have been a funny question. But as I'm learning with most of our audience questions, they're just awful. <laughs> yeah, I love our, our listeners. I'm a little concerned for them, but it, that makes me love them even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go nightmare about Ernie now. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. I I, I know. I'm trying to transition to like end the podcast or like go make lunch, like anything. I can't not think about this now. Yeah. I'll never eat cookies in bed again. <laughs> what if there was also like a giant Bert? Like like Ernie shows up, like giant fucking Ernie is wrecking the city. And then Bert shows up and he's like, Ernie. <laughs> okay. This is a kaiju situation, actually. I like that. I'm here for that, actually. I'm a if, big fan of Kaiju. I don't like I don't like the singular Ernie. But if it's a Bert and Ernie battling it out over New York, I'm actually into that. That sounds kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the most like lovable and adorable destruction of mankind you can think of. You could imagine like they'd smash buildings and like Ernie would punch Bert right in his giant nose and it would just be like <gasps> <"Whoa!"> <laughs> <laughs> it would just be stop. <laughs> They would do the old gag where, like, Ernie would, like, steal Bert's nose. He puts it on, like, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, I actually kind of like this idea now. I've come I've come around. Should we write a manga about this? No. We're American. We would write a graphic novel about it. Because cultural appropriation is no joke, DT. So this episode of Space Castle was brought to you by the letters F and U. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number 69. Nice. Yeah, from nightmares from listeners like you. Yo, legit, I did have a nightmare about the the talking ants, though. Really? It was no good. They were mean, too. It wasn't like chanting or like, oh, bite the leaves, eat the... No, it was like, they were like bullies. It was like the ant bully, but like actual, they were just like mean. Oh, damn. So, yeah, it was... Horrific. Which might, maybe we'll get into my subconscious a little bit later, but... (laughs) So we've gone from like a, yeah, we've gone from like an anime podcast to like a, a survivalist podcast. And now we're, uh, we're like a fucking uh, psychological analysis podcast. <laughs> Look, if, if I'm good at anything, it's about turning every conversation into philosophy. <laughs> it's true. Look, the, the, the talking bully ant nightmare might have something to do with me growing up as a redhead and getting bullied a lot and Aww. feeling tiny. But yeah. maybe. Who can say? I mean, who, no one will ever know. Yeah. What's How's your relationship with your mother? <laughs> yeah. Um, these days, 
Mm, uh, not great. Uh, mostly uh, incorporeal. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of, of Spot uh, Spodcast. What the fuck is wrong with me? My mind is fucking broken after this episode now. Hey, dude, Ernie, Nightmare Ants, there's a whole thing. This has been a week, okay? We really desperately need Alex to come back. We really do. We're lost out here without you, Alex. Alex is the navigator to this goddamn spaceship, and we're just hurtling through space now. It's no good. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully Alex will be back next week. But in the meantime, thank you as always for joining us here on Space Castle. It is your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy and fucking horrifying. Send us more stuff on Twitter at Space Castle Pod. Email us at spacecastlepodcast at gmail.com. Send us more problems because nightmares make life interesting anyways. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me appreciate the mornings more. You know? You know what I'm saying? You've survived another night, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a Monday morning, and you're like, oh, oh, I fucking hate Mondays. But if you had a nightmare on Sunday night, you'll wake up Monday morning like, oh, hell yeah. This is just normal life. It's fine. There's nobody screaming. It, it's good. Life is great. This Listener, this is important. Wake up from the nightmare every time, okay? <laughs> just make sure you wake up, and everything will be fine. Advice to live by. <laughs> I am DT. I've been Seth. Okay. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Bye. Ah. <laughs>